Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, September 12th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Timonini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, thank you for uh, taking the ship, I guess, no pun intended, uh, yesterday as I was in the middle of Hurricane Irma, the eye of the storm, granted many, many hours after making landfall, passed directly over top um, of where I was at. I was not staying at home. I was staying at my parents' house and uh, with some other family members. And it was uh, it was pretty intense there for a while. But I, I took some videos and threw them up on the Twitter and the Instagram if people want to see them. But I appreciate you taking that. A lot of people reached out and wished for the best and checked on me. So I, I really appreciate that. It was very, very kind of you. We were in no real danger at all. We had a few annoyances um, with some water coming in and stuff, but nothing terrible. There are plenty, way too many people that had it far, far worse than we did both in South Florida and then up in Jacksonville apparently is really, really bad now too. So, um, you know, if you can help out in any way, shape or form, either volunteering or donating any money, that would be much appreciated. And then obviously yesterday I was wasn't here with you, but yesterday was September 11th. So anybody who lost somebody on that day or in the following days, um, or just who was is still shaken by that terrible day, uh, my heart goes out to you as well. So uh, either way, a, a rough couple days for a lot of people, but hopefully everyone's gotten through it and uh, we can move forward with more positive things here the rest of this week. So <clears throat> I didn't realize the eye passed right over you. Did you go outside during the eye? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've got video of it. It's uh, it was pretty. Now, granted, I was like on patios that are very safe and secure, and um, it was down to a very high category one, so that it was about uh, 95-ish miles an hour, 94, 95 miles an hour when it was coming by us. Uh, category one is a 74 through 96, so it had just transitioned from a two to a one right before it hit us. But um, it was it was pretty intense. It was cool. I you know I hate to say that I. It was neat. You know, it was fun when so many people have uh, lost so much in it. But having never actually been through a hurricane myself, it was definitely um, a unique feeling to to be in the middle of all that power. Granted, very, very safe with concrete and everything all around me. Did you see Hamilton in the middle of the eye of the hurricane? He was writing like he was running out of time. Excellent. All right. First up in the news. Stars join the New York premiere of Describe the Night. Yeah, yesterday the Atlantic Theatre Company announced the New York premiere of acclaimed playwright Rajiv Joseph's new work, Describe the Night, to be directed by Giovanna Sardelli. The cast will consist of Tina Benko, Nadia Bowers, Danny Burstein, Rebecca Naomi Jones, Max Gordon Moore, and Stephen Stocking. Describe the Night will begin previews on Friday, November 10th, before officially opening on Tuesday, December 5th, and playing a limited engagement through Sunday, December 24th, off-Broadway and Atlantic Theater Company's Linda Gross Theater. As with all plays by the Lortel and Obi-Winning Joseph, the show's setup is fascinating. It reads, quote, In 1920, the Russian writer Isaac Babel, played by Bernstein, uh, wanders the countryside with a red cavalry. Seventy years later, a mysterious KGB agent spies on a woman in Dresden and falls in love. In 2010, an aircraft carrying most of the Polish government crashes in the Russian city of Smolensk. 
Set in Russia over the course of 90 years, this thrilling and epic new play traces the stories of seven men and women connected by history, myth, and conspiracy theories. James Joseph's last New York show, Guards at the Taj, was one of the most well-received shows in recent memory. And with a cast like this, I have to imagine that this will be another can't-miss piece. So, uh, Guards at the Taj, um, we talked about it on uh, this week on Broadway back in June of 2015. happened to be the same episode that uh, Michael Friedman uh, was interviewed on. Oh, man. And uh, Peter saw it at the Atlantic Theater Company and really enjoyed it. So, I'm looking forward to uh, this next show. He seems to be a very talented uh, writer. All right. So, uh, last week's Broadway grosses, what did we say? Ooh, not good. We saw a lot of red. Broadway saw another sharp decline last week as the collective box office dipped 15.39%, or almost $4.3 million. It only dropped one show, obviously being Great Comet. The total receipts came in at $23,606,593. Last week was so bad, James. Think about this. There were more shows last week that declined by more than $100,000 week to week than increased a single penny during that same time. Only six Broadway shows of the 27 that ran last week saw week-to-week gains from Beautiful at a whopping $449 increase to Cats at the top at nearly $65,000. However, School of Rock, Wicked, The Lion King, Aladdin, Anastasia, and Waitress all posted six-figure declines, and Hello, Dolly! posted a staggering $1.36 million drop. Now, granted, Bette Midler was not in the show last week, and even with Donna Murphy in the role, who is the slated alternate for the lead role, and she's gotten next to no advertising or marketing support whatsoever, the show still drew nearly $914,000 in a pretty dreadful box office week. So I think all things considered, that's got to be good news for Scott Rudin and Bernadette Peters, who will likely receive a much more significant publicity push come January. As usual, Hamilton topped the charts with $2,953,869, the fourth consecutive consecutive week in which the juggernaut did not break $3 million. That's the first time that has happened since the four weeks of January to open this year after the holidays ended. Clearly, I'm not saying that the show was in any kind of danger. I just thought it was a pretty impressive stat. Anyway, it was followed by The Lion King, usurping Hello Dolly's runner-up spot for the week. Drew Evan Hansen, Wicked, Aladdin, Come From Away, in The Book of Mormon, all above $1 million. My next, or, or my two extra special data analytics bubble watch shows the play that goes wrong and war paint continue to dip last week with a play that goes wrong down to $307,599 and war paint down to just over 509,000 a doll's house part two was the lowest show on the boards at just under $259,000 obviously with last last week's expedited closing notice it's box office difficulties aren't a surprise at this point james another show to keep an eye on is waitress it fell over $105,000 to come in at just over 593000 But we know it's already recouped, and the Weislers have no problem keeping shows running uh, in perpetuity if they can find the right people, which brings us to something that the, the show's current star, Betsy Wolf, posted on Twitter yesterday. She said that she would be out of the show today and tomorrow at the Weislers' request to fly to L.A. for a secret event. 
no further word on what it is. I have zero inside information about it. But my first inclination when seeing that tweet was that maybe she's going out to film a promo video slash teaser with her eventual replacement, who just might be Hollywood based. Uh, completely random guess would be Sugarland lead singer Jennifer Nettles, who did a stint in the Weisler's biggest stunt casting vehicle Chicago recently did Mamma Mia at the Hollywood Bowl and is a close friend with Borellis having toured together and regularly sings she used to be mine in concert so if that happens just call me Miss Cleo I have no inside information that that will happen but uh, you know you start seeing a lot of dots and you start to connect them and maybe that uh, maybe that is what we end up finding out happened uh, either this week next week or sometime in the future yeah um I'm interested to see if the Weislers are going to try to um, make Waitress a a vehicle sort of like Chicago. I mean, nothing can be quite like Chicago is. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, because you can just keep rotating and rotating people in and out of these things. I don't know if, if Waitress is that type of show uh, where they're, you know, that, that character can be so isolated that they can rotate lots of people in and out of, but I like your uh, thinking there. Uh, and uh, possibly Jennifer Nettles uh, might give a bump back to the show. Well, I think it's, I think it's pretty clear at this point that the show needs a star to really make a significant amount of money at the box office. The show did decently well with Jesse Mueller, but it was a new show during her run. Then Sarah Bareilles came in and it did great. Obviously it's her show. She wrote it. So that makes sense. But with Betsy, it's fallen off quite a bit in the late summer and then into the fall. And Betsy's a well-loved Broadway figure and incredibly talented. So it's not necessarily, you know, that she can't sell the show. It's just that this show at this point in its run probably does need a name to draw people. And in Jennifer Nettles, if you're a country music fan, Sugarland's huge and has a gigantic following. So I'm not sure exactly what she did when she was in Chicago, but I don't know that that's the same kind of crowd that would go see Chicago specifically for Jennifer Nettles. I think Waitress with the Sarah Bareilles crossover makes a lot more sense for someone like Nettles to draw in butts into seats. Hmm. All right. Uh, what's up in the show and casting news? All right, so follow me here. Yesterday, the New York City Ballet announced that principal dancer and former American and Paris star Robert Fairchild would give his final performances with the company this October. We also learned that this December, Fairchild will choreograph and star in the off-Broadway premiere of Ensemble for the Romantic Centuries, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. The show is written by ERC's executive artistic director, Eva Wolf, and features music of the 19th century from Liszt, Schubert, and Bach. So I, I don't know if that means it's like a more of a dance piece. They do a lot of dance integrated stuff there, but I don't exactly know how this will work. This will be Fairchild's first uh, opportunity to choreograph off-Broadway as well as uh, act off-Broadway. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein will play at the Pershing Square Signature Center from December 21st through January 7th. Also, it should not be confused with Frankenstein the Musical, which is also running off-Broadway this fall. Frankenstein's in my top five favorite books of all time, so I love that, but I was a little confused when I saw this announcement come in because I immediately just assumed it was this already announced Frankenstein the Musical but no, we're going to get plenty of Mary Shelley off-Broadway in the next few months. 
Then also yesterday, we learned about two new productions coming to Lincoln Center, both beginning performances in February. At the Mincy Newhouse Theater, we will see the new play Admissions from Bad Jews and significant other playwright Joshua Harmon. The show will have its first preview on February 15th. The show's description reads, quote, Sherry Rosen Mason is head of the admissions department at the Hillcrest School, fighting to diversify the student body. And alongside her husband, the school's headmaster, they've largely succeeded in bringing a stodgy institution into the 21st century. But when their only son sets his sets his sights on an Ivy League university, personal ambition collides with progressive values with convulsive results. So, uh, you know, he's had a good run off Broadway, so we'll see how this one goes. A few days earlier in February, on February 10th, as part of the LCT3 series, Martina Mayock's new play Queens, which has no capital letters in it, will begin performances at the Claire Toe Theater. The description reads, in Queens, again, no capital letters, the lives of two generations of immigrant women collide in a basement apartment. When the choices they've, they've made about their security, dignity, and desires come back to haunt them, they must ask, what cannot and should not be left behind? Admissions will be directed by Daniel Alkin and Queens by Dania Tamor. Uh, James, we've seen a lot of really successful shows come through Lincoln Center. A lot of successful plays come through Lincoln Center here in the past couple of years and go on to life afterwards. Um, you know, they uh, uh, Joshua Harmon had not a great run with significant other on Broadway, but had a l- beloved run with roundabout off Broadway. So who knows? This might be the next one that we see have some success at LCT and then move on to a commercial run somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, the Claire toe is, is very tiny. So, um, if it does catch on, then surely they'll want to move it right away because, uh, it, you know, well, that's the, that's the, that's a different show. That's Mayock's show. Mayock's show is at the Clear Toe. Um, Harmon's show is at the Mitzi Newhouse. So uh, mm-hmm. they're running yeah. at the same time, just different theaters. So just to make that clear. Okay. I thought you were talking about Mayock's show. But you surely, um, you know, we've seen things move from downstairs to upstairs. <laughs> we saw just, <laughs> la- just last year. Oslo. Uh, Oslo. Uh, and, you know, I would think on, on paper, Oslo did pretty well. You know, yeah, I would think so. Tony Awards and uh, uh, lots of acclaim, so that's all good. So perhaps this could be the next one, as you said. Uh, next up in the news, Broadway HD to preserve the West Ends, the Wind and the Willows. Yeah, finally in this section, yesterday it was announced that the West End production of the new musical The Wind and the Willows will be filmed for subsequent cinematic, television, and online releases. Based on the Kenneth Graham novel, the show features a book by Downton Abbey creator and Mary Poppins book writer Julian Fellows and a score by the Olivier-winning team of George Stiles and Anthony Drew. (laughs) Broadway HD apparently will be handling the filming and will release the film on their service in addition to movie theater screenings in the UK and US to be announced later. Uh, James, I think this is pretty interesting. When Broadway HD started, they had a lot of British imports uh, that they weren't really involved with, that they just kind of acquired. As far as I know, this is the first thing they've filmed in the UK. I could definitely be wrong, and I haven't uh, had a chance to look at that. But I think either way, it's super interesting that they're expanding to things that not only um, are on Broadway and in New York, but are in the UK, because then it gives – 
incentive to people who are in New York um, to purchase their service so they can see things across the pond that they might not have been able to see in either way, even if they see all the Broadway and off-Broadway stuff in New York anyway. So, uh, you know, for me, lives a thousand miles from New York and whoever knows how many miles away from London, uh, I get the best of both worlds, so I love it. So I Broadway HD should have a marketing campaign. It's, uh, you know... One year of Broadway HD is less than a ho- one night in a hotel room in London, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Trust <laughs> or, me. Or yeah, York, it is. Or things like that. Um, so that is great. And, you know, I, I'm s- guessing here that, you know, we see so many things being filmed in London for release in the U.S. and around the world because mm-hmm. of the cost structure, I'm guessing that that's re- really why it's happening. I wonder, as we see more and more of the Broadway HDs and the NT Lives and the other uh, creators here trying to um, film more and more stuff, if they will find a, a business case way to make it happen more often in in New York productions. Here, here. All right. Uh, next up, upcoming theater celebrations. Yeah, James. Yesterday, the the Theater Hall of Fame announced its 2017 class of inductees. The eight honorees are Matthew Broderick, Oscar Eustace, Tina Howe, Arthur Coppett, Marin Maisie, Audrey McDonald, Daryl Roth, and Ernie Shire. For most of our listeners, I think many of those names are quite familiar, so I'm not going to give you their CVs for Broderick, Eustace, Maisie McDonald, and Roth. But real quick, Tina Howe is a playwright whose works include Coastal Disturbances, Painting Churches, uh, Prides Crossing, and The Art of Dining. Arthur Coppett is a playwright best known for Indians, Wings, and Oh Dad, Poor Dad, as well as the books for Nine and that ever-elusive Maury Yeston version of Phantom. And then finally, the late Ernie Shire, who passed away in 1999. He was a longtime theater critic in Washington and Philadelphia. He was also the founder and director for three decades of the National Critics Institute at the O'Neill Theater Center in Waterford, Connecticut. The 47th annual induction ceremony will take place on November 13th at Broadway's Gershwin Theater, where the names of the Hall of Fame members are inscribed on the walls in raised gold letters. To note, to be eligible for the honor, you are required to have a career in the theater of at least 25 years and at least five major credits extending on occasion beyond Broadway to off-Broadway and regional theater. James, as someone who still revels and in the incredible experience of seeing the original Broadway production of Ragtime, uh, I love that show as we've discussed many times on here before. The fact that Mother and Sarah are receiving this honor together, for me, is pretty cool. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that, but of course you're correct. That is very cool. And, uh, you know, anytime you get a chance to visit New York and stop at the Gershwin Theater and look at those names on the wall, it's amazing. Just amazing. All right, stars announced for the American Theater Wing's Centennial Gala. Yeah, also yesterday, the American Theater Wing announced that Natalie Cortez, Gavin Creel, Santino Fontana, Heather Headley, Norm Lewis, Rebecca Luker, Beth Malone, Howard McGillan, Brian Stokes Mitchell, speaking of ragtime, Laura Osnes, and Taylor Trench will perform at its annual gala a week from yesterday, this coming Monday, September 18th. The Centennial Gala will celebrate the power of musical theater in American life over the past 100 years. Apparently, you can still get tickets, <laughs> but get this, they're not available online. Online. To get tickets, you have to either call or 
email the American Theater Wing. So just taking that into account, I'm going to guess uh, I'm going to guess that they are not exactly affordable for the vast majority of our listening audience. Um, but if you want to get the phone number and or email address, we'll have it in the show notes uh, at broaderradio.com. But that is a fantastic uh, uh, group of stars to be able to see perform in one night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the American Theater Wing, the people who run the Tony Awards can't figure out how to sell these online. Oh, I think they can figure it out. I just think most of us don't have the uh, the black <laughs> card or the platinum card to afford whatever they're charging. <laughs> All right. Uh, Broadway pros pick up the Creative Arts Emmys. Yeah, so over the weekend, there were two nights of the Creative Arts Emmys, and if you're not familiar with what those are, those are the, for the most part, the the technical awards, the lighting, the direction, the set design, things like that, and then also that goes into some of the performance awards that are not exactly the best lead actress in a comedy. You're going to see guest acting and, and things off network television. So we had a wide range over Saturday and Sunday. So let's go through some of these uh, wins that are you know, of interest to theater folk, James Corden, who also hosted part of the Creative Arts Emmys. He picked up an, an Emmy for Outstanding Variety Special for his Carpool Karaoke Primetime Special. Then NBC's Hairspray Live, which was nominated for seven Emmys, was the winner in the Best Variety Nonfiction Special Production Design for Broadway's favorite Derek McLean. It also won for Best Multi-Camera Hairstyling. These, these categories kill me. And Best Movie Limited Series Technical Direction. Also, director Glenn Weiss picked up a creative Emmy for executive producing the 2016 Tony Awards, as well as one for outstanding directing of a variety special for the 89th Academy Awards. Broadway scenic designer Eugene Lee won the outstanding production design for a variety nonfiction reality or reality competition series for his sets on the Alec Baldwin hosted episode of Saturday Night Live. Glee and Annie star Jane Lynch won for outstanding actress short form comedy or drama series for her turn on dropping the the soap. I have absolutely no idea what that is. And then Meryl Streep also added her 579,000th award in the outstanding narration category for Netflix's The Price of Victory. The Primetime Emmy Awards will air on CBS this Sunday, September 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, will be hosted by Stephen Colbert, a theater lover in and of himself. Uh, tonight, Jennifer McHugh and I will be recording our annual Wish, Want, and Will Emmys prediction episode for Some Like It Pop, and we'll be deciding while we're recording on a wager that I will most certainly lose. So keep an eye out for that in the Some Like It Pop feed later this week. And if you uh, have any suggestions on what we could wager, feel free to tweet us at SLIP Podcast. But keep in mind, I will almost certainly not win. So uh, try not to do your boy any, uh, uh, you know, too much damage. Maybe you could wear a hat from the school up north. No, that's what I, I had to take a picture wearing Notre Dame stuff last year because she is a Notre Dame fan. Um, I would not agree to terms that had me in maize <laughs> and blue. I would, be, I would be disowned and uh, I would never be able to forgive myself. How was your mom's uh, Italian dinner on the eve of the hurricane? <laughs> Well, it, the dinner was fine. The fact that we uh, had to eat it while watching Ohio State look just abysmal against Oklahoma was not so bueno. I can't understand what happened there. 
All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt. And subscribe to Mega Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. Thank God Matt's back because I'm terrible at the daily thing by myself. Oh, I hate that. No. And uh, we will talk to you on Wednesday. Have a good one. 